Welcome to the Aluminum Linings Podcast, the podcast where we talk about anything except for our day jobs. <sighs> we did it. We did. The inaugural Tag Team NaNoWriMo is complete. Um, we finished the novel, and by we, I mean my dad finished the novel at, let me look, I just have it pulled up, uh, 51,390 words. And that last about a thousand or so was just me frantically typing, trying to get all the loose ends tied up that I wanted to get tied up. Bobo? Yes? Do you have a haiku for us? I do. Okay. December 1st dawns, NaNoWriMo is complete, tag team victory. Oh. Okay, full disclosure. I wrote one in my head while I was driving here, and I forgot it. Ah. <laughs> so hold on, let me try. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that's good. That's oh, great. I'm getting flashbacks of me in school now. A f I think it was a full story done. Tag team duo unrelenting. That's eight. Tag team duo unrelent. Unrelents. <laughs> <laughs> Real? No, you can't. Uh, hold on. No, no, no. It's fine. Tag team pals unrelenting. Nice. Okay, a full story done. Tag team pals unrelenting. Uh, what was my last line? Well, I was particularly proud of the last line, which is why this is upsetting. <laughs> I'm gonna remember it the moment we stop recording. Well, you're the editor. You could <laughs> throw it in there. A full story done. Tag team pals unrelenting. Next year, no spooning? Question mark. <laughs> that's, that's characters spooning, not us. Obviously, Dad. Obviously. Obvi. Gross. <laughs> so, and I actually do also have this week a NaNoWriMo Twitter update. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. I only want to read one tweet because I'd like to give it some. I, I'd like to give it some airtime here. All right. Hold on. Have you been on the Twitter recently, Bobble? Very rarely. I'm on the Twitter. I think I've get. I get some updates emailed to me. Okay. That's about it. <laughs> uh, okay. So this was tweeted three days ago. So what is that? November thirtieth. Yeah. I'm reading the end to our hashtag NanoRimo, and my dad is doing such a good job. I'm laughing. I'm crying. It's just making my heart so happy. That was tweeted by yours truly. And then I read the bit about Chester spooning a bunch of dead bodies. <laughs> and I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, Bobble, I feel like you need, I need some kind of explanation, please. It wasn't a bunch of dead bodies. There was two dead bodies involved. Chester is chaotic, right? He lives for chaos. Yep. And so yep. he has these two dead bodies and he's, well... Initially, there was one dead. Okay. Initially, there was one dead body. He helped someone kill someone, and then he helped, and then he kills that person. Mm -hmm. So he is chaotic. So he decides he's gonna have some. He's gonna pose these two bodies in a fun way. So at first, he has one spooning one, and then he reverses it. So there. So the big spoon and the little spoon are reversed, and then on a whim, he decides to put himself in the in the posing and becomes the middle spoon and then he realizes this is just crazy because he's not going to stay there with the dead bodies so sure i will spoil and if you don't want this spoiled just like don't listen for the next 30 or seconds 30 seconds or so because i'm just going to touch on this very briefly Could, would you mind telling the dear sweet internet friends who those dead bodies were in relation to chester because i think that to me is the weirdest part <laughs> 
Uh, well, one of them he's not actually related to. His stepmom. Code no. for his stepmom. Go on. Well, nope, go on. Well, it wouldn't be his... It would only be his stepmom if he was with his dad when he married Aura's Okay, mother. sorry. Sorry. Possibly his stepmom. <laughs> not confirmed by the narrative. It's not canon that she's her stepmom. It's yeah, his stepmom. Okay. Aura, but he could be his Aura, stepmom. Aura is his half-sister, which is canon. Yeah. And the woman was Aura's mother. Yes. So his sister and his stepmom. Mm. Gross. Not necessarily stepmom, but... Gross. Maybe they were spooning for warmth and had nothing to do uh, with anything else. Oh, gross. It's so gross. It's still not as bad as Obvi, though. (laughs) How did you feel ending the story? Like, how how was... Was it fun (sighs) to, like, tie everything together? Did... I know you felt a little bit stressed about it. Yeah, I was was happy uh, that, that it's finished. Like, that it's a complete... Um, because mm-hmm. at some point I just finally accepted that, Hey, okay, I'm just going to get this done. And if we go any farther with it, we can flesh these other points out. So I mm-hmm. know a lot of it was rushed and, um, first draft, that's okay. Mm-hmm. What, what were your thoughts when you kind of had to take your hands off three days before the end? And I did feel a bit of like FOMO. Definitely. Sorry. I'm old. I've heard that reference and I don't know what it means. Uh, fear of missing out. Oh, okay. But I did feel, yeah, I did feel a bit of FOMO. Like these aren't just your characters. They're not just mm-hmm. my characters. They're our characters. Yeah. And so feeling like I, feeling like I didn't really get in on, on tying some of those things together is is there anything you read that you would have liked to have seen done differently or or had any ideas about oh i thought this was gonna go this way or something yeah there's not really things that i would have done differently like i said i i really enjoyed a lot about the way that you ended things i like the fact that you brought the kitsune um at back that was a really good touch and that was something i had kind of forgotten about yeah i was kind of happy with that too because i didn't want to have it all oh everybody comes back and everybody's safe and sound mm-hmm. so the fact that keep getting spoilers here that's okay you know what guys come on you knew what you were signing up for i said at the beginning of this i wasn't going to be cagey about my ideas so mm, yeah um so do you I, think yeah. we should post the story as is not as is no oh, okay well i was i was just thinking that it, it it might be useful for people that are, oh, I can't do NaNoWriMo for them to see that, hey, it doesn't have to be a polished, finished work. The idea is just mm-hmm. to get out the 50,000 words. But um, my concern with that is that <laughs> I am on the internet as an author already. And so if somebody yes. Googles my name and that is the first sample Ooh, of my writing okay, that they yeah. read, that makes me very nervous. Yeah, okay, I can, yeah, okay, that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. Dear sweet internet friends, if you really want to read this story as is, you send me a message. You can get a hold of me at aluminumlinings at gmail.com. And uh, you send me a message and we will figure out a way to post it somewhere where people can read it and it does not immediately tank my writing career. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe we can start an aluminum linings club where if you're a member, you get secret access to content. I did play around with the Patreon engine. I did play around with the idea of, of setting up a writing discord, but I just didn't quite have the energy to maintain it through 
uh, NaNoWriMo, but that's definitely something I would like to do in the future. So that's for sure something we could put on there once I figure out, you know, the ins and outs of it. But just to go back to what we were talking about, there was a lot about the ending that I really liked that I found like was a really satisfying end to a lot of that stuff. Oh, good. When I envision the end, I will say, and, and not to say that I wish it would have gone this way, but in terms of things that I that I thought would go differently, I envisioned like a big battle in town square where it was like everybody against oh, everybody. Okay, yeah. Like I was kind of thinking of this like big climactic, like the three crones are sitting trying to plan all this stuff and then they realize this, this, because I, what I did it is I had the some of the club members basically create like a Facebook group, like a, like a community <laughs> yeah. usurp the Circle of Crones Facebook group. Yeah. And so I thought I, I, I was like, okay, like they know where this event is taking place. So there's going to be this big battle like here. Yeah. I just, I just, when I was like tying things up and deciding how to make the battle go, it was like, I just didn't feel that the good guys had enough firepower for a full-on battle mm-hmm. and I, and that was the thing trying to weigh okay how much power does cordelia have how much does and then i thought okay well olivia we've kind of painted as this sort of more cowardly person so it seemed to make sense that she would hold up in her sanctum right so i was yeah i was just trying to figure out how to and i did want a showdown with oro and her mom mm-hmm. getting her powers back. So I kind of felt like, oh, yeah, this might be better to just split them up and have them. And I think for me at the beginning when we were trying to discuss like a character arc for our main character, um, we had this kind of character that moves around all the time and is never really settled anywhere and kind of is just generally restless as a person and mm. very independent. And then h- how we wanted it to end was them finding their place in community. So when I envision this final battle, it it was like, okay, all these groups that she's been involved with show up. And so it's not it's not the main character that wins the day and gets this kind of grandiose, like, you know, whatever. It's like all these people working together in unison. Right. You know, and I forgot about the plant group altogether. <laughs> like the group yeah. that she went with to get vines and stuff Mm -hmm. i was like oh forgot about those yeah and so and then i was thinking like the being the opposite right like cordelia has worked largely in the shadows as someone that is contending all these forces but never steps out in the open to do it and so the idea that like when she steps out into the open that is her at her like weakest kind of because Mm. she's used to this sort of subterfuge and so i when I envisioned that, I was like, okay, it's these three crones, but then they notice that they are against this entire community that has, mm. for one reason or another, become, you know, indebted to Sam. And right. by that same token, I didn't envision an end where Sam has this big, like, oh, I'm sitting on the throne, I'm wearing the crown, I'm doing this. Like, I had this vision mm. of, like, because all the all the forces that she comes up against through the book are, like, hierarchy forces so being part of the circle of thorns but not really having any authority in the circle of thorns Mm -hmm. um going up against like animal control that has these bylaws she doesn't understand right so i I kind of envisioned like this community coming together and then this big battle and then you know on the other side of that battle you know things settling in a way that was different than it was before right 
Um, and it's not to say that that can't happen, right? Because yeah, well, I tried. Like, I wasn't making. I wasn't trying to make it look like she was the queen of Vailton. I was. I was. What I was going for. Well, I wanted her with the glasses, and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted her to get them earlier in the battle, but it just didn't. I just. Well, again, I was running out of words and I wanted to wrap everything up. So mm-hmm. uh, so if we want to do that on the second edit or whatever, that's fine. But I mm-hmm. was looking at it more like when the glasses say, long live the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'll drink to that. I, I looked at it as her ex- accepting her role as the chosen one. I wasn't really looking at her accepting, right, taking over as ruler, but she was just, okay, I'll, I'll be the chosen one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, that's the thing, too, is like when you are trying to come up with a satisfying ending on a deadline. Yeah, it's hard to remember all the things that you've kind of set up before. And the other thing, too, um, and something that I, I think if we were to do this again, I would maybe do differently is have a more open exchange of ideas so that the ending mm. is more satisfying. Yeah, but that's also what the second draft is for in my mm-hmm. mind. Um, but I was telling someone the other day, like I started writing my first book in 2014 and I didn't finish it until 2020 because I couldn't figure out a way to end it that was satisfying. Mm. Any other time of the year, you have the you have the luxury of waiting until something feels right. <laughs> yep, yep. When it's NaNoWriMo, it's like, hey, I, and especially you writing the end, you had 5,000-ish words to finish a book and tie everything together. Yeah. And we had talked previously about pacing too. So my, my thinking when I was writing my last section of writing was like, okay, I don't want to force your hand in how the writing gets crafted, but I also don't want to leave too much yeah. unsaid, like undone, so that you're trying to do all this stuff with a really short amount of words. And I thought you did that quite well by setting up the whole coup thing and then everything like mm-hmm. that. I, I kind of wanted to have more with the the battle in the library and stuff but again like i said i was running out of words so i just cut that a little short and i I just felt like oh i I didn't know how to flesh out the community groups enough to make them have a significant role i think i think i just i got too enamored with the like merlin's power and and bart slash roscoe's power (laughs) yeah and i think having like to me and this is where you and i are very different like to me like that is like an editing second draft sort of Mm -hmm. situation where it's like okay now that the story is done let's sit down and figure out checks and balances so that the characters are more evenly weighted because we didn't, right? We talked yeah. about it on the last podcast. We didn't establish rules for our magic system. We didn't establish limitations on anyone. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, we had a lot of really powerful characters that it was a, ugh, tough to like curtail. Yeah. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm as, as far as the first draft, like my my NaNoWriMo from last year is unreadable. I have tried <laughs> to go back and read it. It is so bad. So the fact that we have something that, you know, isn't perfect and we know it's not perfect but i'm i'm happy with it i'm happy with the story we wrote i feel good Mm -hmm. about the story we wrote and maybe it's because i haven't had 30 consecutive late nights trying to get writing done (laughs) so maybe just emotionally i feel better because i got sleep but i i really enjoyed this experience i would definitely definitely do another tag team nanowrimo because it was a lot of fun yeah i think it was a lot less pressure Mm -hmm. it would be nicer to have but I like I wouldn't want larger blocks of writing, but mm-hmm. the weekend aspect was a big 
like, you know, having being able to write, have a weekend day mm-hmm. to write as opposed to writing on three work night days. And I was, I was thinking about this too, because I was like, is there anything I would do differently? I think I would open it up for us to be able to trade days Mm. to be like you know what i'm like running an rpg on this day can i trade you for one of your weekdays and i'll give you a weekend day because that the day i ran the rpg was a saturday and afterwards i was like man that was kind of a waste of a saturday because not like mom had actually suggested that actually that i trade mm -hmm. you a day but it was kind of already into the day so it was like uh so yeah if i if i could do if i could do anything different i think we we just to make it like even just that little bit more flexible is just open it up Mm -hmm. to offer to trade days. So you might get a two day writing block here, but then you get a four day writing block down the line somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that would be it. And then just like more open communication with the, our ideas, because I know initially we toyed around with actually doing a little bit of outlining. Like when I initially pitched the idea to you and then we didn't end up doing that. Right. Which I don't think is a bad thing, but I think having like an end of the week, like, okay, we've each done two blocks of writing. What's our next, what are we thinking in terms of next plan? But the other thing too, that felt a bit awkward to me is sometimes you would tell me about an idea and I was like, okay, am I allowed to write this idea or is this (laughs) something that I should save for for this person. So I think just maybe establishing some of that earlier. So it's like, man, like we mm-hmm. have both talked about this idea. We both really like it. Yeah. Go ahead and write it kind of thing. I um, just wish I had a better sense of, okay, I've got to write these three scenes. I'm going to need this amount, you know, these number of words. Mm. That would make the outlining process, I think, a lot easier to do as a tag team because mm-hmm. you know, okay, for 5,000 words, I can get this much done or close to this much done. Yeah. And and I mean, that could also be part of us being more flexible that if we just allot that much and then if, okay, I used, le- I used more words than that or I'm going to use more words than that, maybe not use those words or not count those words or something. Mm-hmm. Or just say at the beginning, each of us have to write 25,000 words minimum and then if you write more words you write more words i think the only time i was really conscious of not going over with my word count was at the beginning because i didn't want to establish too much without you getting a hand on the Mm, ball okay yeah i I just gotta say having multiple like having people doing like multiple groups of people (laughs) doing stuff makes it so much easier to write yeah yeah that's true like oh my goodness when i when we had like the heroes divided into two or three groups and then so i was able to write or the bad guys divided into three groups so i was able to do a scene with this bad guy scene with this bad guy scene with this bad guy it's like oh this is i'm almost done wow and i think too for me it made it easier for when i got stuck somewhere it was like Mm -hmm. okay this is the natural conclusion for this conversation so i can jump somewhere else for a bit if i don't have an idea for what those people are gonna do next which was nice it definitely like I made our story complicated for sure, but I don't think it was a bad thing. Like, I didn't feel like we were too all over the place. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would do differently, you think? You know what? There's not much I think I would maybe keep a list of promises. Like, that's that's how some authors I've seen have put it. When you you say something in a book, they they look at it as like a promise to the reader. So you have to make sure you deal with that later on instead Mm. of... 
uh, just kind of abandoning it. Like, cause I kind of feel like we left the mundanes out of the story. And so it, it seemed like if we were going to write this story where she's got her feet half in the mundane world, half in the mystical world, that we probably should have spent more time in the mundane world with mundane things. I think it would have been good for her to establish um, like friendships in the town that were not mm-hmm. in the magic circle to almost give her like the Spider-Man complex where there's people right. she wants to protect, but she can't say too much to and she can't involve too much. Yeah, I think or the or we go the opposite and just abandon and make it that Veilton is a disguised mystical town. Yeah. And yeah. so she is this outsider who doesn't really belong in that world, but it appears to be her world yeah. until she gets And initiated. I think too, like having her half initiated was just something that we didn't execute very well. Mm. I don't think yeah. like it just, you can tell the point in the story where we kind of forgot about it and was like, ah, we'll just let her be. Yeah. Cause I was like in the battle even, I was like, should I do something to make her drop out of the mystical world? Although that thing you mm. did with the I spy game, I thought was brilliant. Because, oh, thank you. Because she did delve back into the mundane world to win the game. And I thought, oh, that was so clever. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and that could be even part of a character arc that gets worked in too, where it's like, maybe all these people look down on non-magic users and don't think they have a place. And then her earning her place is by showing them that like, you don't need magic to win. Right. And sometimes it's like critical thinking and it's it's creative solutions that win. Being the Batman. Yes. But I think that too is like, that will come out in editing if we choose to edit this mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. No, I was, this was a really fun experiment that we did and I'm very happy we did it. I enjoyed yeah. it a yeah, lot. Yeah. This made, uh, like, I don't feel exhausted <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like NaNoWriMo's before in previous years. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. How did your NaNoWriMo go, dear sweet internet friends? What did you enjoy? What did you hate? Did you try a tag team? Let me know. You can find all my content on AluminumLinings.com. I'm Aluminum Linings across the board on the social medias. And uh, if you want to run, if you want to be part of a fun Christmas RPG, I also have that linked in the places where you link things. So good luck. Have fun. Don't talk to strangers unless you want to make new friends. Bye.